Welcome to the Ordinary Extraordinary Cemetery, where every death had a life and every life had a story. My name is Jenny Johnson. Hello, my name is Diane Hartshorn. So Diane, I'm going to give this away, but you had a birthday yesterday. So happy yes. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you had a good celebration. It was nice. It was very, very nice. Um, I came home to flowers and chocolate from my Ooh. son today because they didn't get li- delivered in time. So that was that was very, very nice. And I'm perpetually staying 1H and I'm not aging. And <laughs> that, that's just it. That's what we all do, right? We get yeah, to our 1H exactly. and we stop. And no we stop. What nature says. Exactly. I can't can't pass for 30 anymore. So I moved it up a little bit, but yeah, I stopped. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Well, and my daughter's birthday also yesterday, we went, she wanted to go to a cemetery. This is how I raised my kids apparently. So we went down to the Rocky Ford cemetery where my great grandmother is buried. Oh, we found her headstone. It took us a while. And I think we walked past it probably 30 times before we realized where it was. We were in the right section. We knew we were in the right section. But I would, I had this in my head thought that her stone was like a completely flat one in the ground. And it's actually not, it is slightly raised. So there's a, there's a base underneath it. So my eyes went straight past it every time we walked it down that row and I didn't find it. And then at one point we went to the office and asked if they could tell us where it was. And the guy looked at the map and he said, oh yeah, if you, he's like, see that hydrant right there? Cause we're standing at the door. I was like, yep. He's like, go straight to the end of that row. And it's right there on the corner. So I went and I'm standing at the end of the row, looking at the one right on the corner, still not hers. It was actually three stones in from that. Oh, but he came back over. He's like, did you look hard enough? And I'm like, no, I'm still looking. He's like, it's right here. And I said, well, you said on the corner. Yeah, right on the corner. Yeah, we found it. It was great to see it. And um, then we explored the rest. We were there for several hours. I don't actually know how long we stayed there, but that cemetery has all kinds of fascinating little sections and stuff to it. Hopefully we can feature that one mm-hmm. episode coming and up. hear about your was it your great-grandmother my great-grandmother yes yeah and hear about your great-grandmother yes she was a fabulous woman too she has lots of she she was a storyteller as I can remember because I was fortunate that I was able to grow up with her so I I really got to know her because she didn't die until I was in a junior in high school oh really so, yeah oh, I got to spend a lot of time with her and and really get to know her and um she loved to tell stories. So I can remember that and her red lipstick. She always wore red lipstick and blush. And when I was a kid, I wore glasses and she would give me a hug and smear the blush right across <laughs> my glasses. And when it, when I was younger, it annoyed me when I got older, I was like, Oh, I kind of miss that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, she always, she always had her makeup on. She, her hair was always perfectly done and she was always perfectly dressed and she was a storyteller. So cool. I was glad that that's what Sarah wanted to do for her birthday. It was fun. What a wonderful way to spend your daughter's birthday together yes. doing that and meeting her great, great, great grandmother. Yes. It would be two greats for wow. her. And of course she had passed away before Sarah was ever even thought of. So <laughs> that was That's okay neat. though. That's really neat. So today we will be discussing Bannock, Montana and its original cemetery. Although there are two others nearby that are almost as old as the original one. This episode came about as an idea from a listener who posted some photos and information about Bannock on the Ordinary Extraordinary Cemetery Facebook page. So I would like to give a shout out to Sandy Shannon for the suggestion. Thank you. In her original post, she said that Bannock State Park in Montana has the oldest ghost town in the state and a pretty impressive guest list at the local cemetery. 
And when I started doing the research for it, she is not wrong. There are a lot of interesting people buried in Bannock. But before we get into the cemetery, let's have a little history lesson on the town of Bannock itself. Well, Bannock, Montana was founded in 1862 when John White discovered gold on Grasshopper Creek. As news of the gold strike spread, many prospectors and businessmen rushed to Bannock, hoping to strike it rich. In 1864, Bannock was named as the first territorial capital of Montana, remaining in Bannock for only a short time. Then the capital was moved to Virginia City. In 1863, gold had been discovered near Virginia City, and at that time, many of the prospectors left Bannock in hopes of finding the mother load in Virginia City. However, some people stayed in Bannock and explored the use of further mining techniques. From the late 1860s to the 1930s, Bannock continued as a mining town with a fluctuating population. By the 1950s, gold workings had dwindled and most folks had moved on. At that point, the state of Montana declared Bannock a state park. Today, over 60 structures remain standing, most of which can be explored. People from all over visit this renowned ghost town to discover their heritage. The Montana State Park governs the town site and surrounding area of Bannock. Bannock is amazingly preserved. And as we just said a moment ago, many of the structures, you can still go in and explore them. One of the first buildings in town was the assay office. The assay office, of course, was where miners would take their raw gold and have it analyzed, weighed, and its value assessed. According to the Montana State Park website, Bannock's gold was very unique. Most gold is 95% pure. Bannock's gold was found to be 99 to 99.5% pure. At that time, most services were paid for in gold. The assay office also was used as a stage stop, and once gold was no longer the mainstay of the town, it was used for a time as a drugstore and a butcher shop. Another important building in town is the Hotel Mead. It was in this building that the first legislative session for Montana was held in 1864, and it was where Bannock was named the county seat of Beavershead County. Unlike many of the other buildings in town, this one was built of brick and also served as the courthouse. In later years, there were many citizens that lived permanently inside the hotel structure. One other building we would like to discuss is a Methodist church, which was built in 1877. The church was the first building in Bannock, built exclusively for the purpose of worship. Throughout Bannock's history, the women often remarked in their letters and diaries of the lack of proper place to worship. Religion played an important part in the lives of the first respectable women to come to this little mining town, and no doubt had a lot to do with their tolerance of life here. However, not having a place to hold regular meetings was always a problem. The following story about Bannock's Methodist Church comes from the Bannock State Park website. Circuit riders became the norm for isolated towns like Bannock. One of the more famous ones to come to Bannock and have a significant impact was William Van Orsdell, fondly remembered as Brother Van. Brother Van arrived in Bannock at the peak of the mining activity. He found all the gambling houses and bars open on Sunday. Stepping up to the bar, he announced himself as a minister. The bartender whistled the crowd to quietness and informed them that the bar would be closed for one hour. 
Brother Van had his chance and in his marvelous singing voice sang a popular song of the day, A Diamond in the Rough. The crowd, hungry for entertainment, asked for more. Brother Van continued and the crowd got a good hour's worth of religion. In August of 1877, Bannock had a major Indian scare. Chief Joseph and the Nez Perce Indians had just defeated General Gibbon at the bloody Battle of the Big Hole. Word reached the isolated little community that the Indians were on that rampage and headed straight for Bannock. People from around the area gathered in Bannock to seek protection. Two lookouts were built on the highest points on the hills on either side of what was called Hangman's Gulch for early warning. In case of a siege, the local water supply was barricaded. The women and children were gathered in the brick fortress, the Hotel Mead. Some stories tell of hiding the children in the safes located inside of the hotel. And actually, when I first read that, it was like, that is, that is brilliant. Right. <laughs> Although the Indians killed four settlers in Horse Prairie, they never came close to Bannock. The bodies of the settlers were brought to town and buried by Brother Van Orsdell. After it was apparent that the town was safe from attack, Brother Van being the promoter that he was, took advantage of the large number of settlers in town and talked them into building the first real church in Bannock. Of course, this podcast is about cemeteries and not about ghost towns, but we wanted to mention some of those buildings because they do play a role in who is buried in the cemetery. And also those four settlers that they talk about are buried in the cemetery, and we're actually not going to share their stories today but you can find their stories, the whole thing on newspapers.com. There's several articles that are related to what was going on at that time. And now let us visit the Bannock Cemetery. The old cemetery, as it is called, is located on a hill above Bannock, just east of the gallows, which are still standing and can be visited as part of your experience in Bannock. There are of course, many buried in the cemetery who were hanged on those gallows. This cemetery was founded in 1862 and was in use until about 1880 when a second cemetery was opened and used instead. It is not a fancy cemetery. It was not meant to be a garden cemetery. However, families did try to make their plots as nice as they could. If you look at photographs of the cemetery, you can see many plots that have fences built around them in an effort to try and make them more decorative. While there are some fancy headstones, many of the stones are more crudely created, and I believe there are also many wooden markers at one time as well. Of course, time and weather have done their work, and there are many unmarked graves now. The other cemeteries near Bannock are known as New Cemetery and the Marysville Cemetery. And Marysville was a suburb of sorts of Bannock, and its cemetery is much smaller than both Old Cemetery and New Cemetery. The first marked grave is dated November 1862 which would have been about four months after the first gold was discovered in Bannock. The last day of burial in the old cemetery is 1906. Sadly, there are not a lot of records that have been kept detailing the burials that have taken place. Much of the information we have for the stories about who is buried in the old cemetery has come from old newspaper articles and genealogical research. There was a study done in 2003 to help promote further preservation of the three cemeteries and further the research on who is buried and their stories. Unfortunately, we were unable to find what happened after this research was done. And listeners, if you happen to know, we would be very interested in finding out more about these cemeteries. 
If you visit Bannock, one of the more famous deaths that you will learn about is that of Sheriff Henry Plumer. Plumer lived a devious lifestyle, which led to a very unfortunate death. However, if you are interested in learning more about his life and death, we are going to refer you to the Rebel at Large Adventure podcast. They did an entire episode on Plumer and the Montana Vigilantes, which is fascinating, and you should definitely give it a listen. And we will have a link for that particular episode in today's show notes, so be sure to go and check it out. One man buried in the cemetery is Balan Chaffin. I could not find much information about his history, but I believe he is one of the earliest settlers in Bannock. His date of birth is listed as 1797, and he died of some sort of illness in 1864. According to genealogical research done on his family, he had a family that stopped to visit him in Bannock while they were traveling to the Oregon Trail. Another interesting grave is that of Cordelia Ann Kirkpatrick Pond. She was born in 1852 and died in 1875. Cordelia's great-great-grandson, Jacob Loney, spent much time researching Cordelia and her family. According to his research, Cordelia Ann Kirkpatrick was born on February 20th, 1852, to James Kirkpatrick and Mary Abigail Martin. Sadly, Cordelia never knew her father. While she was still a baby, he traveled to Cuba to work as an engineer on a sugar plantation. He died there on October 2nd, 1853, due to complications related to yellow fever. Her mother remarried a man named James Monroe, and it was this new father that the family would travel west with, first to Wisconsin and then to Montana. On October 16, 1863, they arrived at Bannock by ox wagon train after seven months on the trail. Cordelia's family were among the first to attempt the now famous Bozeman Trail in the company of John Bozeman. The travelers were turned back by the hostile Indians. Some of these same Indians also offered to buy Cordelia, the family found an alternate route into what was then the Idaho Territory, thus saving their lives and establishing themselves at Bannock City. On January 21st, 1863, at the age of 14, Cordelia was married to Henry S. Pond, and they had three children, Mary, Maurice, and Marcia. Cordelia died on September 27th, 1875, from complications due to scarlet and typhoid fevers. She was only 23 years old and her son Maurice also died of the disease and is buried next to her. That's, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. One of the more well-marked graves in Old Cemetery is that of Henry Trask. His headstone is a large white obelisk that is draped over the top. Henry S. Trask was born December 1st, 1847 in New Brunswick, Canada. He died on December 19th, 1865. According to the Montana Post, dated December 30th, 1865, Mr. C. O. Trask, a highly esteemed citizen of the place, buried a son, a noble young man today. He had been mining with his brother at Blackfoot and had done well, but death took him away and left his bereaved parents and relatives to mourn his loss. May they not sorrow at his having no hope. For they who died in Christ will meet again in a happier clime, where death shall never part them. Based on the size of the Trask plot, the Trask family seems to have been very influential in the town of Bannock in its early years. As is often the case in many mining communities of its time, you will also find the burial of many children and women. 
Mining was dangerous for the men, but the health implications of living with minimal means was rough on their families. Many children died of diseases and women died of not only diseases, but also complications due to childbirth. This cemetery is no exception for having the graves of many young children and their mothers. One of our favorite research tools for these episodes are old newspaper articles. We also enjoy finding old obituaries in these newspapers. While doing our research, we came across several interesting obituaries of citizens of Bannock. Not all of these citizens are actually buried in the old cemetery, but we thought you might enjoy their obituaries just the same. We will begin with the obituary for Mrs. Margaret C. Gibson. Printed in the Anaconda Standard, Sunday, March 7th, 1926. Bannock Pioneer is dead at Dillon. Mrs. Margaret C. Gibson, esteemed pioneer matron of Bannock, died at her home in Dillon this morning. She had been in failing health for some time, but her condition did not become serious until shortly before her death. Mrs. Gibson was born in Thompson County, Connecticut, 77 years ago, and came to Montana and Bannock 35 years ago. Her husband, the late David Gibson, was one of the best-known early pioneers of Montana. About a year ago, she moved to Dillon and had since made her, her home here with her son, Fred. Surviving relatives include a son, Fred, a brother-in-law, Archie Gibson of Bannock, and relatives in the East. Funeral arrangements have not yet been made. Printed in the Montana Standard, Tuesday, July 29, 1930. Bannock Pioneer Passes in Butte, July 28. Archie Gibson, pioneer resident of Butte and Bannock, passed away yesterday at the home of his niece, Mrs. W.A. Bowden, in Butte, following a brief illness. The body will be brought to Dillon, but funeral arrangements have not been completed. Mr. Gibson was born in Enfield, Connecticut on July 12, 1846, and came to Beaverhead County 45 years ago, locating at Bannock. He conducted a hotel at the famous old mining camp in the days of its prosperity, and also was interested in dredge, boat mining at Bannock and Horse Prairie. During recent years, advancing age forced him to retire from mining activities but he still remained in Bannock. He is survived by his wife and nephew, Fred Gibson of Dillon, and a niece, Mrs. Bowden of Butte. Printed in the Butte Miner, Butte, Montana, Friday, August 18, 1911. Bannock Miner dies, special dispatch to the miner. Henry Jacobs, one of the well-known prospect miners in the city, died in Bannock the early part of the week and was buried by the Masons in the cemetery at Bannock yesterday. And finally, printed in the Montana Standard, Butte, Montana, Sunday, July 14th, 1946. Montana Pioneer Taken by Death, July 13th. Mrs. Montana Elizabeth Matthews, 80, one of the first white children born in Montana and the second white girl born in Bannock, died Saturday morning at Barrett Hospital following a lingering illness. Her condition had been critical the past week. Mrs. Matthews was the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Andrew Jackson, who crossed the plains and settled in Bannock in 1864. Mrs. Matthews was born there August 8, 1865. She married Rufy Matthews in Bannock on August 22, 1886, and the couple homesteaded 
in the Grasshopper Valley for a number of years before acquiring the famous Old Mead Hotel in Bannock, one of the first brick buildings in the town. They operated the hotel for many years. Mrs. Matthews continuing its operation after her husband's death in 1908. In 1913, she moved to Dillon, where she had resided since. She was a member of the Montana Society of Pioneers, the Mispoth Chapter of the OES, and St. James Episcopal Church. Surviving are two daughters, Georgia and Bertie Matthews of Dillon, a son, Barry Matthews of Dillon, two grandchildren, Mrs. Fred Lucas of Seattle and Jeff Matthews of Bozeman, two great-grandchildren, Dougie and Donna Matthews of Bozeman, several nieces and nephews and a sister, Mrs. Penny Edmonton of Spokane. The body is at the Brundage Funeral Home. Services will be held at two o'clock Monday afternoon at St. James Episcopal Church and the Reverend Louis D. Smith officiating. Burial will be in Mountain View Cemetery. There are so many stories in the cemetery and the other two nearby. We can't possibly get to all of them in one episode, but we hope you've enjoyed the few that we were able to share with you today. If you happen to live in Montana, please make sure you visit Bannock. If you don't live in Montana, it is a place you should definitely add to your list of places to travel to. Bannock is the best preserved of all of Montana's ghost towns. Bannock State Park is a national historic landmark and that includes its cemeteries. Something that would be a lot of fun to check out if you're interested in doing more than just visiting the cemeteries would be to visit during Bannock Days, which take place annually the third week in July. During Bannock Days, you will see historic displays, reenactors, and many other activities. There are campgrounds located nearby if you are interested in camping. And you can also visit in the winter where you can go skating on the frozen dredge ponds. They do recommend that you call ahead to make sure that the pond is open and that the conditions are appropriate for skating. As always, we hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. I would love to explore the cemetery more. If we have listeners who have more stories or more information than we were able to dredge up for this episode, please contact us and share that information with us so we can give our listeners more detail about the Bannock Cemetery and those who lie at rest there. You can reach us via our website, which is the Ordinary Extraordinary Cemetery.com. You can also contact us through our social media pages. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Ordinary Extraordinary Cemetery and on Twitter at Ord Extra Sim. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us as we explored the Bannock, Montana, and its old cemetery. Until we meet again. Mm-hmm.